So yeah, corruption. corruption. That's in the it's in the collective consciousness here in many different ways. But it's interesting because the Latin word that it most directly comes from, corrompere, means to destroy, to spoil, or to bribe. Hmm. And if you go back and dig a little deeper, then you've got this. You come back to to corrupt relating to rupture, which has to do with breaking and then co being together. So breaking something together, yeah. which I think is kind of an interesting take on it. But but the uh, idea is is that when you when something is corrupted or you corrupt something, you basically take it from the quality that it had been to a lesser quality. In the case of something like a piece of fruit, it spoils. Right. So a piece of fruit becomes corrupted because it's not no longer the whole sound piece of fruit. Right. So there's this idea of corruption then as an action which causes something to become less than what it was before. It causes it to rot or to fall apart or yeah. to lose its integrity. Yes. You know, as far as we're concerned, the fruit is rotten. We don't want to eat it. Right. But the insects and stuff really love it when the fruit rots. <laughs> and uh, they, they really love it when the fruit rots and then the seeds from the fruit then get into either the birds eat the seeds and pass them around through their intestine, or the, the seed gets planted in the ground by a squirrel or something like that, you know? Uh-huh. So it's, it's all part of a process. Right. It's really a process and like the ongoing creation of the generation of life. So the rotting is, is like really important for the fruit. Right. So in that case, corruption is the uh, generation of something new a, new, a new offspring or even a new identity in terms of what it's being used for in terms of insect food versus people food versus a recipe for a jam where it has to be spoiled or corrupted or else it won't work. Right, right. A widely used aspect of this word corrupt is from the, one of the meanings, which is to bribe. Yeah. Which is to pay somebody to change something to your advantage, when in fact the law, law says that you cannot do that, that that is an evil thing to do or an amoral thing to do. And it, in the sense of the word, then, it, it actually it causes the rotting of the public official that's involved. Correct, yes. So can we see that as a form of generation? It's hard. It's really hard to make that case, you know, because in this version of corruption, it's more like it's more like our human version of the fruit. You know, we don't want the fruit because the fruit is rotten and it doesn't do us any good anymore. Yeah. And in the case of the other version where you've got, say, a politician or some kind of state official who's in charge of something, the person has destroyed the efficacy of the office. Right. You destroyed the integrity, and the integrity of the law is something that society wants to preserve. Like we want to call ourselves a nation of laws. But if we corrupt the people who are carrying out the laws, we corrupt the office, and we have a sort of a bleed-off of integrity in the law itself. Although, if not in the law, in the way people interpret the law. I find it really interesting that this word is used to describe bribery. Because yeah. it, it brings it to this very visceral place. I mean, you haven't just offered something for sale and, you know, um, taken a product from somebody who is in a position of responsibility. I mean, they're basically what they're saying is that, you're, that, is that this is an action that, that actually causes the decay and, and the, the dissolution of, uh, of, of what used to be a public good. Right. So it, putrif- it putrefies. Putrefies. Yes, Exactly. One of the actions that lead to decay, putrefaction or decay. Or in the Shakespearean arena, there's something rotten in Denmark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, you, get, you get the sense of something that, has, that used to be healthy and is no longer healthy. Right. So there's the, this whole thing of that something was healthy and now it's rotten. 
now it's it's not healthy yeah. anymore it's and and that means of course if you eat rotten fruit you can get really sick so sure and that's in the case of you know when food rots it's not not healthy anymore its wholeness or its its original integrity its original good has been compromised on the other hand in order to be able to recognize that compromise you must have in at least in your consciousness you must have an idea of the good yeah I'm reminded of that analogy, and I don't know if we've talked about it here, but the uh, music teacher, who's a piano teacher whose student playing, is playing the piece that he's supposed to be rehearsing, and he hits the wrong key. He hits the sharp instead of the flat at some point. And she says, no, no, you know, you need, you, need hit, you need to hit the flat here. You need to hit the flat. Or he's supposed to hit the, the note as A, and he hits, for some reason, hits C. And she says, no, and she corrects him, saying, no, the correct note here is A. And so he has him played a couple of times. And then he starts rehearsing the piece again and comes to that place and misplays the A and plays it a C again. And she says, now, Johnny, <laughs> I showed you this, so let's do this again. You're supposed to be playing A here. And so this goes on until Johnny makes the mistake a few more times and his piano teacher is ready to throttle him and throw him out the window. Yeah. And you, can, you, know the, you know the feeling of somebody not hearing the note that they're not playing correctly. <laughs> it just, it's, not, it's not sounding to them. So the music teacher is being driven crazy. Is she being driven crazy by the fact that he's playing C? Or is she being driven crazy because of the A that's sounding in her all the time that's demanding to be known? Right. Yeah. And so in our, in our wholeness, we recognize integrity and we uh, respond to it. Yeah. We keep, we keep find, trying to figure out a way to get it to emerge again, which is always just has to do with working on ourselves, working on the other person, whatever it is. But it's all being driven by the presence in our in our consciousness and the presence and consciousness in general of what integrity is. So we have a third dimensional thing that we're seeing that appears to be a, a breaking of the law, a corruption, destruct, destroying something that had been whole. That's what we're seeing. But we, uh, in order to do anything with it, we have to perceive the attribute that's really at work, which is the integrity. And that's not really something that you see in the sense of eyes or hear in the sense of ears, as we've mentioned before. Yeah, it's a matter of perception. Yes. And uh, as you were speaking, I, I started thinking about corruption. You know, we think of it immediately as, you know, some public official. Right. I think we should, in the current situation, also think about corruption that evolves over time. That a system becomes corrupt over time, not because of the system, but because of the way that it's abused. Right. And the, the example that I like to give is with the, the history of, of uh, China. I did a survey course in Chinese history when I was at the university 20 years ago. Right. And there was this pattern that you see in Chinese history where there's, uh, there's these disorganized uh, groups and a lot of warfare. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a dominant force emerges and consolidates everything. And then there's mm-hmm. a development of culture. There's a development of an organized society, and the, the culture grows. It's a magnificent culture. Right. And then what happens is that over, and we're talking hundreds of years now. Right. So over 150 or 250 years, um, the people who have good and are wealthy or even better off, they accumulate more and more power. And in mm-hmm. doing so, they accumulate the power to make laws, and they make the laws to create a situation so that their own situation is protected, and all of the all of the uh, 
instead of them being taxed, they find other places for things to be taxed. And basically, right. the uh, lower members of the societal structure become impoverished because not through illegality, but because the entire system has become corrupt. Right. And uh, right. in the instance of China, there are, I think, five separate episodes of this happening. And the uh, result is always at the at some point, there's this uprising, there's a huge revolt, everything gets burned down, and they go back to being warring factions again for another 250 years. So I can't look at our situation in, in the United States today without thinking about uh, those kind of cycles where it seems to me that the entire system is on trial now. Right. And right, the whole 200 and some odd year system. Right. And it's, I mean, it's very interesting to me that I think we've mentioned this before. When the country was founded, uh, slavery was an institution within the country and it was uh, accepted by the founders. Right. And now we're at a situation where, well, I think we can also say that there's there's other kinds of slavery in the United States that have to do with people who don't have any choice about their income and don't have any choice about their health care. Exactly. So there's different kinds of slavery. And so I'm, I'm like kind of um, putting our, our word on steroids today. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say. But so, so looking at corruption, not only as just like what, you, what happens to a public official, but thinking about corruption as something that can occur over time in a perfectly uh, well-organized system, you know, based on people's desire to dominate and control as much as they possibly can. And they treat it as a survival technique. Yeah, it's considered because you're you're protecting your family, right? Right, right. Your family, your family's future, your kids, all that. And it's done basically. It's basically bent done on that basis. It's 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 a little bit. If we compare it to say from the time of institution of slavery kind of taking place here in the U.S. or in the uh, in the colonies and just becoming accepted, it's a little bit like the modern day corporate structure. It only survives by bottom line number being the, a good number. So it starts being driven by that number, and all of the uh, power of the corporation is brought to bear to keep that safe. Yeah. You're talking about the same thing when you're talking about a group comes into a relatively good position in its place of power, and it starts to engineer, using all of its power to engineer the laws such that its bottom line will be better, or at least protected, never under threat, and it can be just as cold-blooded as a mathematical bottom line. Right. Right. But the, but the corruption, again, takes place over time. I sometimes think about our public school system in this country. When during the enormous optimism right after the end of World War II, when, you know, the, even though it was at the price of establishing a military-industrial complex, there's general great good about, there's a kind of an optimism, uh, a hopefulness in the air, such that any child being born might be the child that discovers a cure for cancer, might be the next Einstein. Public schools were healthily funded as much out of the sort of the the will of the times as much as anything else. But uh, then something happened after the 60s, after we got into the 70s and such, that somebody realized that if everybody coming out of the schools was highly educated, then that would start to erode the or corrupt position of power that the major companies had. But if they could undermine public education and just send their, send their children to private schools, then they could kind of control that which creates the next level of expertise, keep it in home. And I think that's one of the reasons why today we find ourselves in hopelessly underfunded public education, uh-huh. because it's it's that that level that kind of corruption has slowly become accepted. Yes. Notwithstanding the outrageous acts of certain people in office, among them our education secretary, but 
Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to wax too political here, but rather the fact that over a period of time, tendency for people to view themselves as separate and then somehow threatened by someone else for the existing wealth, they simply start to do what they can to change the laws to protect their position. And so we have corruption then taking place as an act of protectionism and an act of separation or further separating people's positions from other people's positions. Yeah, these are all absolutely economic kinds of calculus. Yes. They're not spiritual. They're completely dimensional. Yeah. Um, and so I think if we look at the whole question from a point of, of the spiritual side of life, um, when you get into the realm of the spiritual, I mean the truly spiritual, you're talking about a realm where corruption cannot enter in at all. Correct. And as a result, the corruption at the, in the dimensional sphere cannot sustain itself. As you said, maybe it takes 100 years or 150 years, but at some point, this sustaining corruption that was taking place can't last, and it gets undone, maybe violently or whatever, but it gets undone. The spiritual aspect of it all remains untouched, however, because that idea of having integrity or wholeness in your consciousness is because it is in consciousness in general and isn't, can't be touched by physical dimensional things. And it's like that correct note that's waiting to be heard. Yes, it's always sounding. It's always sounding because it's universal A. And that drives, that drives us to begin to be more and more aware of corruptions to it. Because sooner or later, universal A will have its way. Because it was sounding long before the misguided interpretation of it even showed its head or even appeared. Yeah, I'm thinking that, that the more we focus on the spiritual reality of the incorruptible, then the, mm -hmm. the more we sensitize ourselves and cannot tolerate the corruption that appears. Right. And so we understand completely what the music piano teacher is going through. Because in a way, we're going through it right now. And what we're going through is the presence of the spiritual. The appearance is just what it is, but what's driving us to change it, to force it to change. And I say us not in the sense of even of egotistically, but rather that the presence of the universal axiom or the universal note or the universal A has got to have its way sooner or later. Dimensional structural issues that come and go cannot touch it, finally, because they have no reality except as a misinterpretation of the universal A. So that's our job, then, is to try to get in touch with that. Yeah, get in touch with it, reveal it, let it express through us. But you can't do it in any corrupt, half-assed way. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Let, let, let the universal A sound through you, and it'll take you to the place that ultimately leads to wholeness and integrity. It mm. can't be touched by anything. Yeah. And that brings us to St. Paul, who talked about, let this uh, mortal put on immortality, let this corruptible put on the incorruptible. Yes, indeed. And in the sense, that sense, it's not so much put on the incorruptible as take off the corruptible. Right. Drill through the, the appearance until we see what's really driving this whole situation. Yeah. The heart of life. I was going to say you have some birds there agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think this is going to give rise to further thought and further conversations down the line, but I think perhaps because it's so important to us right now that uh, Universal A is making itself sound louder and louder and louder to us. Well, not yeah, only us, but not only us, but to consciousness in general, which means to a whole lot of people that may not have even noticed before. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um, it's very interesting because it's like atonal music, right? It's um, it, uh -huh. it shouts the harmony by playing discord, right? And so we've got Boku Boku discord right now. It's just <laughs> uh, 
it's shouting out at us that that there's something to be revealed here, like like you've said yes. so many times. Yes, and it's revealed in us because it's our identity that's being revealed to us, and all all things will flow from that as it as it does now. All things flow from our identity, and when we clarify the nature of that identity, then that will flow from us too. And it's interesting that that sort of line came to me just then because. I'm, very elderly gentleman with white hair and a little baseball cap and a kind of a rolled up button down shirt and a kind of an ascot thing around his neck carrying a what looks like a 99 cent store bag came up to sit under a tree looked around sat down took a small tablet out of his plastic bag reached in and he pulled out a ballpoint pen and now is sitting writing ah i'd love to know what that is yeah but i'll fill in that blank myself beautiful a poem to the beauty of the day and its integrity